0: Welcome to Jets, Mets, and Regrets. We have Johnny. Johnny, how you doing today?
1: Doing well, Jason. Thank you very much. I uh, had, a, had a pretty easy day uh, today, so I'm ready to get into some Really good sports talk this evening. What about you? How you doing? Awesome.
0: Oh, well, I'm ready to go. I think last time our, our fans saw us, we were definitely a little bit disappointed and on edge <laughs> with that uh, that tough Jets loss, that Zach Wilson meltdown. But
1: yeah, we had a little the- bit of uh, you know emotions riding on us, so course, uh, hopefully yeah. uh, you know we'll be a little bit more tactical, logical in our in our takes today. <laughs> yeah, more level-headed
0: today, right? More level-headed today. Uh, but we want to get into it, right? The Jets. Have we, Obviously, that game was Thursday night, and we saw some games games play out on Saturday and on Sunday and Christmas, and the Jets were given life. You know, with that Dolphins loss uh, to the Packers and a couple things falling away, the, the Jets, if they went in, I mean, if they went out, my bad, not went in, if they went out, they're in. Uh, with the assumption that the Patriots either lose one game to Buffalo or, or one game to Miami, or they could lose out also. We'd love for the Patriots to lose out. Uh, not going to be complaining there, but yeah. Control their own destiny by winning out in the Patriots losing one. Uh, how are you feeling, Mike White's back. He's going to be leading the uh, the QB room, the QB one. Zach Wilson's on the bench. He's inactive, not even playing. But we'll Flacco as the backup. So, how are you feeling, John? What are you thinking?
1: All right. So the way that I see it, uh, it's it's really going to come down obviously to the Jets and how they perform in their last two weeks. We're getting Mike White back, and that's a huge addition back to our team. The com- team was just completely lifeless with Zach Wilson. Uh, as, you know, everybody saw last week, he just couldn't get anything done. And Mike White's shown a lot of promise in all the games that he's played in, despite the fact that he might not have won all the games uh, that he's played in. So, you know, listen, they got to take care of business. They haven't the last four weeks. um, And now we're just coming down to crunch time. We got to win these last two games. And nothing else really matters if they don't win these last two games. Uh, You know, they can't make the playoffs if they don't win uh, their win out. So basically if they want to win the Super Bowl, they can't lose any more games for the rest of the year, right? So that's where we're at right now. And in terms of getting the little bit of help that we need from the Patriots, I mean, they've been helping us all month. So, we, you know, just keep helping us, you know, with that uh, with that terrible loss that they had to, to the Raiders. Uh, that was abysmal. And then they really looked like they were going to come back against the Bengals. Uh, you know, they went down very early in the game and came all the way back. And just to fumble the ball at whatever, whatever it was the five yard line, and they ended up losing the game uh, to Cincy. Uh, I don't see why anybody would be confident in the Patriots winning, you know, winning out themselves. They'll probably lose a game. So, you know, again, Jets need to win two, and Patriots need to lose one. I could see it absolutely happening.
0: Yeah, and the Bills and the Dolphins are good teams. Even though the Dolphins, are lose, and Bridgewater starting now, I think that's going to be huge for the Jets. Uh, so maybe the Patriots are able to knock off the Dolphins, but they're not able to knock off the Bills, right? In that last week, a lot was yeah. Was and
1: There's you have to think. Upset. And you have to think about it. I mean, the Bills, you know, they want that. They want that number one overall seed. And between them and uh, and the chart, uh, the Chiefs, excuse me, you know, they're not going to be sitting, guys. They're going to be wanting to win. So that's 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 how the Bills are going to take it. So they could probably you know take care of business for us there.
0: Yeah, and I like to see that, like, a, a Teddy Bridgewater-led Miami Dolphin team, like, no knock on two. He's been great all year, but concussions have been adding up. And last game, he, he threw three crucial interceptions. Uh, that didn't really go the Dolphins' way and, and kind of played into the Packers coming back and winning that game. So who knows? With Teddy Bridgewater in, you know, they could easily knock off the Patriots still. And obviously, we'd love to see that to be taken care of this week, right? The Jets win their yeah. game, take care of business in Seattle, and then the Patriots lose to uh, – Lose to Miami, that would be great going into a week seven or week 18, since there's a 17 game now season, uh, a week 18 matchup where the Jets and the Dolphins are facing off for a playoff spot. I mean, we would love nothing more than that. Uh, and Mike White, that's going to be huge, Don. And I think one thing we didn't talk about last game, uh, and, and kind of talking to a couple fans after, specifically my dad, and he pointed out, and I agree. We know is not a great quarterback, right? But I think Zach Wilson has lost the locker room so much, right, and does not have the respect of those players that no matter who's in, like, the guys are going to come out playing, right? Not only because they have a playoff opportunity, but because they've even vouched for Mike White throughout the entire year that he's played. This guy's a dog. We'd go to battle for him. We'd fight for him. So I'm feeling really, really good going into this game knowing that our playoff Chances are on the line right here, but knowing that Mike White's leading us and the team really responds well to him.
1: Yeah, and Mike White, you know, he spreads the ball really well. He gets the, all the receivers involved. He gets the tight end involved. He he has a good uh, play action. Uh, the running game, obviously, the Jets really, you know, they rely on the running game a lot, so they're going to have to establish that. Um, you know, Seattle doesn't really have that spectacular of a, of a run defense, so, you know, just getting those key plays, converting those third downs, Scoring more points on the other team—that's yeah, that's really what it comes down to. You know, Seattle's a tough place to play in, um, but they've really been on the decline, really hard these last couple of weeks. Uh, I don't I don't see why you know this uh, resurgence of of Zach Wilson, sorry, of um, of Mike White in the lineup could uh, could bring them to 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 win the game. Uh, I I absolutely see it happening.
0: Yeah, and you know, kind of a revenge game in some ways. Where when we look at it, you have Geno Smith. Right, playing his former team. Obviously, it's been a long time, but the former team that gave up on him, right? And you could say, hey, Gino hasn't played that well with the Jets, which was true. He was not our quarterback. Maybe we ruined quarterbacks. I don't know what it is with us with quarterbacks. But well, is coming back. You have DJ Reed. His team, I know Pete Carroll had a comment this week of did you guys try to resign DJ Reed? And Pete Carroll basically said, he got a nice contract. I'm happy for him. <laughs> kind of feeling disrespected of having one of the better years last year and, of course, following it up this year as being one of the best corners in the NFL per PFF and not really getting a, a great contract offer from Seattle, the team that drafted him. and uh, was, I don't know if they drafted him, but the team that he was on the last couple of years. I actually think he was on a, a different team before. So you have some storylines there. You have Mike White coming back. And I need to find the exact statistic. I know I – sent this back and forth in our group chat, in our JetFam group chat. But there was a statistic that or the offense in total is putting up 150 yards more of offense or 120 or something around there. I'll find the exact number compared to when Zach Wilson's leading the offense. And, and part of that is, uh, is I know we talked about the run game before, stacking the box, right? And the teams are daring Zach Wilson to throw, and he can't. First, like Mike White, you're going to have to show him more respect. And that could really open up the running game, something we haven't seen uh, in, in a long time, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, and, and as I've mentioned previously, I mean, this team is completely built off of the defense, and the defense keeps the game in every single game. Uh, so, again, it's just staying in the game, managing the game, making sure that you make those third-down conversions and moving the ball, uh, get gaining field position. That's how the Jets win all their games. They, they usually don't play in shootouts where, you know, you just constantly just trade back touchdown after touchdown drive. It's going to be a lot of punts. It's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, getting those... Uh, third down stops and and moving the ball kicking some field goals sometimes is okay you know just getting points on the board and uh getting to the fourth quarter and then managing the game from there
0: yeah absolutely and let's not forget I mean the it's gonna come down to the, the defense has been great all year obviously a little bit of a struggle against Jacksonville uh but they're tired right they're they're constantly staying on the field they're when the, the Jets turn the ball over half quick three and out, it's like Defense doesn't really have time to breathe, so I would love to see Mike White have some sustained drives. I think the run game is going to open up in the play action because you have to respect White a little bit more. Uh, but it's going to come down to the offensive line play for the run of game and for Mike White. Let's not forget a couple weeks ago when White was in there, how, how destroyed he got, right? And, and Mike White is one of the fastest, he has one of the fastest releases if he would be eligible for that statistic in the NFL. I mean, that guy's getting rid of the ball within a couple seconds, so you can't even blame that Mike White's holding on to the ball for too long in those situations. That offensive line is going to have to stay up. And and I wanted to segue in, John. Uh, I mean, Mike White is potentially playing for a contract next year with the Jets or other teams, right? We don't know what the quarterback of the future looks like. We do know that it's not going to be Zach Wilson, from what all signs and reports point to. Uh, but, hey, Mike White's getting showcased right now, right? Derek Carr recently got benched. Uh, is he an option? Is Aaron Rodgers, right, in a dream world an option where we trade tons of draft capitals? So, oh, uh, what's your kind of opinion on that that quarterback carousel going on right now with the team for obviously this year, looking like they're going to ride out Mike White, uh, but then going into next year with a lot of options on our plate.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, it's a, it's a results-based league. If Mike White comes out, and you know, we'll see how the how the team uses him in terms of you know maybe his injury. You know, maybe they won't. They'll use him more conservatively. Like you said, like he was getting pretty beat up uh, against Buffalo when, when he got injured. Um, but hey, if he comes out and he wins these last two weeks of the year and gets this team to the playoffs, and God forbid they win a playoff game or even make it run into the playoffs, I mean, he's going to have a pretty strong case, him and his agent, to, to negotiate with the Jets to keep him long-term. Uh, I, I haven't really seen... a a full season of Mike White as, as the Jets quarterback, what does that look like? How many wins is that? And with the Jets, you know, kind of, I mean, they're sitting, uh, they're not sitting very high in their division right now. So you know that their, their schedule is going to be easier for next year. Um, so again, like I, kind of want to see, uh, how Mike White would do on the Jets. But if you, if you have the opportunity to get a guy like Derek Carr, who has, you know, one of the highest completion ratings in the league, you know things like that with the compared with or uh, you know added to a really good run game, a really good defensive team, that's huge. Again, it's <laughs> I, I keep saying it, but it's those third down conversions. It's moving the ball. It's getting those points on the board. You need guys like that, and you know getting a guy like Aaron Rodgers slinging the ball, he'll probably throw you know three four hundred yards a game. We'll see. Well, I mean, we, we'll see what happens there. Uh, you know, great, right? yeah, and and <laughs> we'll see. I mean. The, the, you know, Joe Douglas and and Robert Sala and and the executives themselves, you know, the guys who run the team, uh, they get one more shot. That's it. You know, they 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 screwed up pretty good with with Zach Wilson, uh, because you can tell that they put a great team together. They put a great team on the field this year. Um, But uh, but the quarterback position just wasn't there. So we'll see how risky they want to be. I mean, because they know that at this point they got nothing to lose if they if they screw the, screw the pooch again on the quarterback position. So they might, you know, trade a lot of draft capital to, to get a guy like Aaron Rodgers. But again, uh, you know, I, I, I like, I like, I like, I like Mike White. And I think that he shows a lot of promise with this team. And obviously he won't be getting a huge contract uh, with the Jets as compared to a guy like Derek Carr is probably going to get, or what Aaron Rodgers is currently getting. Um, So, you know, that kind of uh, maneuvering uh, helps the helps the defense get holstered a little bit more, uh, helps, you know, get better uh, skills players, you know, better wide receivers, maybe get a, a, a nice tight end, something like that. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, I, personally, I would like to see uh, Mike White win these last two games, maybe win a playoff game, and then continue to be with the Jets. Hey, so I,
0: so I, as Jeff fans, all care about us winning, right? At the end of the day, it doesn't matter who's the quarterback, let's just win games and end this 12-year playoff drought. That's the most important thing. But, John, we are getting our first caller right now, uh, familiar Jet fan, becoming a staple on this podcast. We have Danny from Philadelphia today. Danny, how are you doing? Talking Jets, playoff chances, future at quarterback. How are you doing today? How are you feeling?
2: I just want the season to end, head into the off season. Jets should not make a playoff push. I just don't think it's going to happen. The defense is too banged up and i think the entire zach wilson saga in new york totally sapped the team this year the rest of the team is filled with all our best young team in the nfl especially with the amount of Pro bowlers that we have and then on top of that garrett wilson sauce Gardner, and jermaine johnson it's gonna it's a great squad but this year i don't think it's happening primarily because of the quarterback position and the fact is if you look at the quarterback I had my rant about Zach Wilson last week. He's terrible. The way that the Jets need to go is probably not, in my opinion, go with Mike White. Just because when he has played the past two seasons, he gets injured, and we just don't know. He's, he's an uncertainty. Somebody like Derek Carr, is really attractive. And if you get him to just like a two to three, you no, know, like a two year deal with a third year option with not too much guaranteed money in there. But with incentives for an older quarterback like that, I think that's a contract that you should like be willing to explore. Trade Zach Wilson and then get as much value that you can out of that, putting it into draft picks. I don't think that Aaron Rodgers is leaving Green Bay because uh Bryce Love, he's going to be traded. And they're gonna get some draft capital out of that to use, obviously not on like any good wide receivers for Aaron Rodgers. But that's an incentive for Rodgers to stay. He'll be a Packer for life. I also think Lamar Jackson is going to be a Raven for life just because that franchise needs him and he gets along with John Harbaugh so well. So I think that really was, like leaves us with the best option for get somebody like Derek Carr. Proven to be a top-tier quarterback. Not the best, but a good starter. Kind of like in the Kirk Cousins before the season level. I mean, Derek Carr hasn't even had a like top 16 in the league or top half the league defense. He's played with terrible defenses that always put him in a bad position. Yeah, and, and Dan, I think I
0: actually, with a good yeah, I think I saw a statistic that happened. in Derek's car career, he never had a defense ranked above 20, I believe. So kind of to that point of like, yeah, he's never been helped out from his defense. But Dan, question for you. And when you say that, you know, you don't think the Jets are going to make the playoffs or, or, or that long on the line, is it that, you don't think it's possible this year or you don't want them to? or Because obviously I think for me as a Jets fan, I would love a 12-year drought. Just get in. I don't give a crap if we lose the first-round game. It would be disappointing, but no, like, just get, get in, in and get that progress. So, so what's your opinion on that? No, I want us to get in. I'm just being realistic, mm-hmm. as any Jets fan
2: should kind of be, and think about the amount of injuries that we've had, uncertainty in the back, you know, uncertainty on the offensive side of the ball. And I know that we're just playing the Seahawks. Seahawks still have a really good defense. Tyreek Wollin is up there with Sauce Gardner for defensive rookie of the year, and they're not making it easier for offenses coming in. I think that's going to be a difficult game, and um, the defense can play as well as they can. I think that they'll have a couple of turnovers against Geno Smith. But just on our side of the ball, I don't think Damn Knight and Mike White in the backfield are – going to be as successful as we think they will be. So I think that they'll lose that game and then final game of the season was a toss-up. But they need a lot of things to happen for them uh, probability-wise to get in. I think it's only 11%. So they need a lot to go in their favor and then they need to win out. It's really up to them. I don't know if they have it in them. I'm just setting myself up not to be heartbroken. I don't want to be heartbroken (laughs) like... It's magic against
0: Buffalo. And Dan, Dan, thank you for your call today. And, and yeah, I mean, as Jet fans, we don't want to feel heartbroken. But I'm going to make a couple comments, John. I want to see where you're at here. I, I think the running game is going to be good. I think Mike White's going to open it up. And, and when we say a lot of things have to happen, a lot of things don't have to happen. We have to win out, and the Patriots have to lose one. Uh, so obviously Dan's kind of being that Jet fan who doesn't want to get disappointed and let down. But I'm kind of along the lines of like, until we lose tomorrow, like, we still have hope.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, we haven't had a team to root for since the Fitzmagic year, and that was heartbreaking. Absolutely. But we still believe that we could do it. Uh, you know, I don't think anybody went into that game thinking that they could lose. Now, do I think that the Jets are going to make the playoffs? You know, if you put my feet to the fire, I'd probably say no. Uh, you know, something's probably going to happen. You know, we're going to get a huge, you know, Mike White's probably going to get hurt again or something like that. You know, something some crazy is going to happen. Or the Patriots are going to happen to win out, you know, on extraordinary fashion and we're just going to miss out. <laughs> if I had to guess, you know, I don't think that the Jets are going to, to make the playoffs. But I, I'm not ready to give up hope yet. I mean, everything other than the Jets losing every single week the last month, Everything that has needed to happen for the Jets has happened for the Jets to keep them alive. Uh, you know the Chargers have been winning, but that you know we just need to slip in. That's it. We have that seven have that seventh spot now uh, in the playoffs. That's really all we need. And with a with a nine and eight record, that's a winning record. The Jets haven't had that in a really long time. Uh, that's something to be proud for. So you know, even even if the Jets don't make the playoffs, uh, if if they could come out of this with you know, an eight and nine records kind of sounds alright. You know, from from the last couple of years that we've had, uh, nine and eight sounds much better. Um, but again, we just need uh, guys to stay healthy. I know Dan was saying that a lot of the guys are hurt. They are, uh, so it, it it's not crazy to say that somebody huge again, like like Quinn Williams, is gonna stay off the stay off the field. You know, it's something like that. Uh, but I, I'm not ready to give up hope yet. Uh, I haven't really had hope as a Jets fan for a long time. Uh, I mean, you know, Jason, you know me, Uh, you know, I'm, I'm always the one who's telling the team that they should move to London or, or, you know, sell the team, you know, just, you know, stop being the Jets. I, you know, I I can't stand them sometimes and they, they they make my heart break more than any other team that I root for. Uh, And as you can see, I'm a Mets fan, right? They've broken (laughs) my heart as well. So, but the Jets, I mean, I got to root for them because, because if, if I, you know, it's it's the one team that like really you, you really don't expect them to to make it very far and and when they do well you know it's it's really exciting.
0: Yeah, they were feeling optimistic today because I think this is a huge day in uh, New York Jet history. <laughs> so, yeah,
1: for us, Sean, of, of what went down. <laughs> so uh, on this day in history, December 29th, nineteen sixty eight, the New York Jets defeated the Oakland Raiders. In the AFL championship game to to catapult them into the Super Bowl game against the Baltimore Colts. Uh, in that game against the Oakland Raiders, uh, they ended up winning twenty seven to twenty three. Uh, uh, it was actually interesting that uh, although everybody thinks of the team as the Joe Namath team, the you know Broadway Joe, uh, it was really the defense again uh, of that Jets team that that won them that game that that catapulted them to the Super Bowl um, because. There was uh, five drives where the Raiders were able to get into the red zone, and the Jets gave up one touchdown, three field goals, and stopped them on a fourth down conversion try. So, uh, you know, they really put the, they put their win on the defense's back. Uh, it was really exciting. Uh, I watched the highlights of the game last night. hadn't really uh, heard a lot of the names, but obviously, you know, we know who Joe Namath is. We know who uh, Don Maynard is. He had over 100 uh, receiving yards and two touchdowns in the game. Um, But again, the defense uh, really, really stepped up and, uh, you know, it was really exciting to to watch that team in Shea Stadium, by the way, uh, in Queens. Uh, It was super muddy. You know, guys were uh, tripping and sliding all over the field. You know, know, it's kind of funny to watch these games from from back in the day. You know, the conditions of the field and the conditions of the guys themselves. (laughs) Um, So. Uh, that's kind of uh, the the fun history fact of the day. 1968, December 29th, we uh, we won the AFL championship. Against yeah, better times.
0: And it seems like with the Jets too, a lot of their uh, their defense games or a lot of their success, right, like going back to the Rex Ryan era, was built off of defense. So of course, why is it going to change now? It kind of goes, and we'll segue into the Mets now. Like with the Mets and pitchers, right? Starting pitching has always been. Uh, a huge success for the Mets. And and for batters, right, it always seems like it's been a struggle come postseason. In 2015, they couldn't hit the Royals, right? This past year, struggled against the Padres. So now going into some Carlos Correa talk, John, uh, it's been a little bit crazy, right? A couple weeks ago, obviously, we heard the news that Correa was not going to sign with the San Francisco Giants, that he was literally there for his press conference, his family was there, ready to support him, ready to cheer him on. An exciting time, a 13-year, $350 million contract. And and that all fell through. And all fell through. And as Met fans, I didn't really put two and two together, but fell through in the time where the New York Post came out with an article talking about how, you know, basically interviewing Uncle Steve and, and Uncle Steve talking about how, uh, like, they kind of called Boris last second and kind of put in an offer. But Boris said they were really far along the lines, right? And as, as Met fans, we didn't necessarily think, oh, like, maybe they're going to switch course. We kind of thought, like, oh, wow, Correa, physical, like, something's going on. And then I, I remember it was 2 in the morning. I woke up. I had to get a, a cup of water because my mouth was dry. And I go back <laughs> and I see my phone go off at 2 in the morning. And I'm like, you know what? Don't look at it, Jason. Don't look at it. But, you know, I looked at it. And I said, oh, an ESPN notification. What's going on at 2 in the morning? Carlos Correa, $315 million contract with the Mets.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: You guys are kidding me. Uncle Steve's almost breaking a billion dollars with the capital <laughs> Yeah, Jason. Uncle Steve is almost spending a billion dollars with a capital B. So obviously, it's going crazy, talking to you, talking to her friend Steve, really happy. And then we get the news uh, around, you know, earlier last week. Hey, there's a hold up the Mets are concerned about the physical too. So, John, how are you? How are you feeling right now? What what's going on there? Because honestly, right now, I am not optimistic. Like I am with the Jets right now. I do not think our trade deal is going to get done. I just, I mean, what's going on? It's taking forever right now
1: uh jason i completely disagree with you i think that carlos correa will be a met by opening day uh, of 2023 um i think that correa wants to play alongside francisco lindor one of his best buddies uh i think that he wants to be on a team that's committed to him um honestly i really just think this all comes down to the fact that it's christmas time it's new year's there's a lot of uh holiday stuff going on people who kind of take this week's law i mean i I don't know about, you know, your work, particularly, you know, being in uh, being in the restaurant business. I don't know if that really slows down at this time of year. But, you know, on my side, uh, you know, working in uh, I work in New York, I work corporate. So a lot of people, you know, take off this week between Christmas and New Year's. So I just think it's a slow I just think it's a slow week. I really don't see uh, the physical being that much of a big deal. Uh, he you know, the, the, the report is saying that it. it the physical is causing the deal to halt because of a bone plate that was uh, put on his fractured fibula back in 2014 uh, when he was in the minors. And he's never missed time from uh, that specific, you know, surgery that he had. Um, There was a a point this year at the end of the year, I don't remember if it was August or September, but he slid into second base and – he came up hobbling, and he stayed out the rest of the game for it. Uh, and people were concerned that maybe that might be um, related to his bone plate. And yeah, maybe it is. I mean, he's got a foreign object in his ankle. I'm sure if he, you know, hits it with a certain amount of force, you know, that's that's gonna hurt. But I, I really don't see it being an issue in terms of uh, him being able to see the ball, him being able to hit the ball, him being able to run. Obviously, he's still one of the best defensive shortstops in the league. And he'll be playing third base, which is much less movement than shortstop will be, right, because we have Lindor at short. So playing third is something that, you know, he's probably going to need less mobility of his actual ankles. Um, So, again, I really just think this comes down to the fact that uh, it's just it's slow and there's really no rush to get it done. Uh, If something comes out in the next couple of months or I should say next couple, I don't want to say that far, but in the next couple of weeks that the two sides fell through, I would be extremely shocked because what's Correa going to do then? I mean, two teams that denied him uh, a long contract for
0: – Yeah, uh, yeah you know. but, I, but I, see, I see it as you know, $315 million is a lot of money, right? I, I think – now, I think if they do a restructure and they say, in, in the year you get injured, we give you 75%, right, of what you were supposed to make or, or something like that in the year you missed. Uh, you get 75% of your pay. But I can't see Correa going any lower than 50%. I mean, that's what they're going to put, right? Clauses as in, like, how do we get out of a contract or how do we pay you less if you get injured? Like, that's what they're going to put in there. And I just can't see... I can see the Yankees, John. Honestly, a team like the Yankees, who have spent a good amount of money this year, I can see them coming in and saying, hey, we're going to give you a fully committed 10-year, $250 million deal. It's 10 years, you get $25 million a year, close to the AAV, but you don't have to worry about it. It's fully committed. You don't have to worry about it being... 50% 50% of if you get injured or 75%. So like a 50% right of his contract, that could be 165 million or 170 million. But we're actually, we're getting a call from a, a huge Met fan, uh, Steve out of New Jersey. And and Steve, what, what's your opinion on the Correa situation? What do you think is going to happen? Uh, any, any comment on this right now?
3: What's up boys? First time, long time. Uh, <laughs> the show. So uh, yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm with John in this situation. John has, uh, John has been someone who's, uh, Who's talking off the ledge when it comes to Correa? Um, the running joke is obviously if Heyman, if John Heyman says anything about Carlos Correa, we know it to be false. Um,
1: <laughs> I mean, it's, so far it's been the case, right? I mean, <laughs> said that he was you know, the 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 report was false about about him not uh, signing with the Giants, and it ended up falling through. So there you go, John yeah. Heyman. Thanks. You're not
3: you're, you're not wrong, but. <laughs> Of late, um, I've, I've, I've kind of been listening to John. I kind of agree with him too. Um, Correa's value will significantly diminish if he's gonna, you know, decide to walk away from the Mets. Um, a lot of people just don't want to deal with the headache of having to deal with the physical and just wanting to deal with what's going on with the plate in his ankle. Um, back when he had it um, first you know, surgically repaired in '14, that was now going on what eight, nine years ago. Um, you know, it seems to have been fine outside of everything else. I mean, the, the, the man's like a gold glover. He's like, as we said, he's one of the best defensive short spots, and he's going to be playing third, which is the less taxing position for him. So he should be able to not deal with too much injury. You know, injuries are going to happen. It's a 162-game season, but I think it's going to be just fine. And as John said, um, as someone also who works in the corporate world, people are definitely off this week and not really – paying too much attention or work is going to be slow no matter what because it is between two big holidays if you if you will but I think in the end Correa will be a Met in the new year I think the deal will get done I think if anything there's just changes in the language and you know making sure that the Mets are covered insurance wise if Correa were to go down I know Jason you and I talked about this before and even John was in the conversation as well when we were talking about David Wright and when David Wright had all of his issues, um, I think in the end, you know, we've, we've, we've been through the trudge of being Mets fans and we, there have been more lows than highs. Um, so we're used to the, uh, the disappointment, but I think, you know, we are turning around, we're turning a, a corner, you know, Steve Cohen has shown us that he is not going to mess around when it comes to winning. And I believe in him is something that we could never say about, you know, Fred and, uh, Fred and Jeff Wilpon, so I'm very happy that, you know, he's willing to go the extra mile to to get things done. And in the end, Correa will be a Met. It's not going to be at the pace that Mets fans want it to be, but I think, you know, he in the end will be will be a Met. Um, you know, there's you have to think about this too, and we discussed this. The prized the prize free agent that the Mets acquired was Verlander because it was a need. And that was done. Correa, at this point, is a um, is a constellation. Like you know, we thought that we had him initially, and he ended up, you know, quote unquote, going to the Giants and then coming back to us. Honestly, you know, if he doesn't come, it's going to be as John said, a shock. But I won't be as upset. Yes, we won't then have the title of best infield in the in the in the league, but we will still be a team that is not to be trifled with. I think, you know. I personally would love Carlos Correa because I need to add to my infield jerseys for, for the Mets. Um, but in the end, I think that the team will be just fine if they do not get
0: Carlos Correa. And Steve, I would be upset. Yeah. I would be upset, but I, I do want, want Correa. And I, and I think you make some great points. And, and Steve, thank you for your call. I think you and John made great points, right? And I don't think I'm disagreeing with what you guys are saying. And I, I think it's all rational and makes sense. Mm-hmm. But for me, I think a couple of points you made, I'm going to counter them, right? I'm going to say that we're talking Scott Boris, right? We we know Scott Boris. And, and yeah, Uncle Steve's making Scott Boris a lot of money. So I'm sure that our relationship's good. And maybe Scott Boris is being nicer than usual. But at the same time, this was a guy where Michael Conforto wouldn't get his deal, right? Michael Conforto was turning down 80, 90, maybe low $100 million contracts last year because he wanted 150. He wanted 160. And, and he basically said, hey, stay put get your surgery and you'll come back next year and do a short-term prover deal, which he's on right now with San Fran and maybe he can get a bigger deal after. But there's no doubt in my mind that Boris does not get the right deal. He's going to tell his client potentially, Hey, let's, let's get your surgery and let's go back next year. And then to your point too, was uncle Steve doing whatever it takes. I think that's exactly the point. If it's a $315 million investment in a, in a guy who spends a lot of money, not only on his team, but in his personal life, what's to say, Hey, like, there's other options. Right. I don't want to trade her prospects. I don't want to. There's no really nobody else to pivot to besides trading. But at the end of the day, if it's not Correa, it could be Devers. Right. Hey, let's sell the, the farm for Otani, even though he's a free agent next year. So I'm not completely sold that this has to work out for Mindy Correa has a lot more to lose. But I don't think the Mets have too much to lose in this situation uh, because of the dynamic with Uncle Steve.
1: Well, the only thing that Uncle Steve has to lose is his money, and he doesn't really lose money, you know what I mean? Like, he makes more money in a year after paying these guys a a half-a-billion-dollar payroll. Um, I mean, again, like, I just think... I think that the two sides want the deal to happen, which means that the deal's going to happen. I mean, Steve Cohen is a professional. Scott Boris is a professional. I think it's going to happen. I think both sides want it to happen, and it... Which one bends, which one's breaks? I don't know, but whichever whichever way that the contract or whatever you know fine print needs to go into the contracts, uh, I I really don't see it falling through. And that's just my that's just my opinion. I could be you know just a stupid optimist who's who has seen what Steve Cohen has been able to do with this team and basically just wave his checkbook around and say, well, I want this guy, so I'm going to get this guy. Uh, obviously, you know, listen, Carlos Correa coming to the Mets. Obviously, he's going to miss some time. He's going to the Mets. Everybody huh. gets hurt when they go to the Mets. Justin Verlander is going to miss time going Everybody. to the Mets. Okay, yeah. Max Scherzer missed time last year after never getting hurt. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that he he usually has like a ten day IL that he goes on you know once every year when he needs a vacation with his wife and his kids. But you know, again, like the Mets, they kind of just are plagued with injuries all the time. He's probably gonna miss time for something completely unrelated to his ankle. Uh, and we're gonna say, oh, see that? We shouldn't have uh, we shouldn't have signed him. It's like this completely different, you know, injury. Maybe he'll get hand, foot, and mouth disease. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, like, like Davis
0: back in the day, right? But <laughs> yeah,
1: now, at that point, you know, I know we're disagreeing
0: right now on him being becoming a, a Matt, but I agree. If if he does, or whoever becomes a Matt, like yeah, we just we'd have that injury plague. It's like the Jets from the quarterback plague, right? Doesn't matter who we draft, doesn't matter who we trade for, it, doesn't matter who we sign. Right. Brett Favre going into the year, he's eight and four and then he goes one and three or, or eight and three. And then he goes one and four to finish out the season. We missed the playoffs, So it's the curse of our teams, John. Yeah. But it's the just-
1: cool thing, but the cool thing about where the, you know, the state of the Mets is right now is even if guys do get hurt. Uh, you know, like we had Cespedes get hurt after giving him a long contract. David Wright had a long contract and he was barely able, ever able to stay on the field. You know, these guys get long contracts and then the team is just completely screwed for the next extension of the contract because they can't the owners can't afford to pay for another big contract. Right. Um, obviously, Steve Cohen has showed that he doesn't care. If, you know, you give somebody a big contract and then buy him out, right? I mean, he paid millions and tens of millions, of, I don't remember the number, uh, to get Carlos Correa, uh, sorry, I'm sorry, to get uh, Robinson Cano off of the team, right? He's did the same thing with James McCann this offseason. He's willing to pay money to get these roster spots back and then pay for somebody else. So even if it doesn't work out with Correa, you know, let's say they do sign him, right? And then it doesn't work out in, you know, three or four years and that bone plate, that fibula fracture is really causing uh, a big problem. I'm really not worried because, you know, at that time, you know, a lot of guys will be coming off the books and Steve Cohen will have his checkbook open again.
0: Yeah. Well, and we'll see, right. I think it's, I, I agree with you. Steve Cohen has shown, shown that with players. But at the same time, I think he's a smart man and, why invest $315 million in, in damage goods if you get $315 million of non-damaged goods? You know, I don't. Think, I just don't think he's damaged goods. I, that's I don't just think my, yeah. he's a car that's broken down. I don't think he's buying a computer that's broken down, a house that's falling apart. So that's my opinion. But hey, we'll, we'll agree to disagree. Uh, but we were actually all out of time today. So we are going to be missing our Jets, Mets, and Regrets, Regret portion of this episode. So stay tuned next week uh, on how we are going to make it up to you all. <laughs> and have a, uh, a little different regret section so but jason johnny thanks for joining me today uh Absolutely. and next we'll find out if the jets could live to, to play another game and ultimately have a chance at the playoffs and we will find out what this career situation is like so uh from arizona new jersey we are signing off we will see you all later